am Lamil Gonzalez, repentant sinner, and along with Amory Armstrong, your heavenly host, I invite you to find a place in the pew for today's painless Sunday school lesson, without works. Today, we're going to have an open discussion about Supreme Court nominee Amy Coney Barrett in Not Necessarily the Good News. And I will explore saviorhood and how it does not apply to Donald Trump in The More You Know. First up, let's talk about judges and judgment. So I have a fairly long uh, excerpt here from a New York Times article, and I'm going to read through pieces of it, and then we're going to discuss. 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 So first up, I do want to say I am against the nomination and and vote on a Supreme Court judge in the middle of an election when I have already cast my vote. Yes. For someone who is not currently in office. Not the administration that selected this particular person to further its ends. Yes. There's never been a Supreme Court nominee moved through at this speed, Mm -hmm. and it's never happened this close to an election. I believe there is an argument to be made for waiting when there is an election, but not for an entire year. But I feel like two months seems reasonable. Yes. (laughs) All right. So... We'll start there. Judge Amy Coney Barrett is from the South and the Midwest. Her career has been largely spent teaching while raising seven children, including two adopted from Haiti and one with Down syndrome, and living according to her faith. She has made no secret of her beliefs on divisive social issues such as abortion. A deeply religious woman, her roots are in a populist movement of charismatic Catholicism. Can you tell us a little about charismatic Catholicism? Absolutely not. Awesome. (laughs) Okay, we're going to get into it. Okay. From her formative years in Louisiana to her current life in Indiana, Judge Barrett has been shaped by an especially insular religious community, the People of Praise, which has about 1,650 adult members, including her parents, and draws on the ecstatic traditions of charismatic Christianity, like speaking in tongues. Of which you have some knowledge. Yes. Okay. So I'm going to say 1,650 people is not a lot of people. It's not a lot of people when Christianity numbers in something like a fifth of the population of the earth. Right. So this is a over very, a billion people. Right. Certainly well not, not, not in the U.S., but yes. And, oh boy. and I will say I'm not anti Catholic. I just voted for one. All right. So this group has a very strict view of human sexuality that embraces once traditional gender roles. I like that the New York Times said once traditional gender roles, such as recognizing the husband as the head of the family. The Barretts, however, describe their relationship as a partnership. I disbelieve this, and I disbelieve this for reasons we'll get into further into the article. Some former members of the group say it could be overly intrusive. Other members appear to have treasure their uh, appear to treasure their connection to it. She does not appear to have spoken publicly about the group in any way, which is suspect to me. That smacks of ambition and knowing better, because she served on their boards. So it's an important aspect of her life, 
and to say that she uh, and she's spoken publicly a lot of times on a number of subjects because as i said she was a teacher so to have never spoken publicly about the sect that she belongs to while not denying it makes me think that she's had literal media training on the subject but also fits in with her uh, very evasive uh, way of of presenting herself yes she's not particularly direct she very deftly avoids any direct questions yes. she refuses to uh give answers during her yeah, well, during her confirmation right. hearings she was so that evasive at best right <laughs> yes yes that fits uh, around the time of her appeals court confirmation Several issues of the group's magazine, Vine and Branches, that mentioned her or her family were removed from the People of Praise website. So this is a concerted effort by not just her, but the entire group to play down her role in the church. All right. And if you want to play down your role somewhere, that doesn't make me think they have less of an impact on your decisions. very much um, part of this administration's a way of of insinuating people into a group that are there who simply to act as spoilers and to to change the rules so that they're able to act freely and have a free hand in changing the dynamic of mm-hmm. a particular court of a and I, I think that obviously or it seems obvious to me rather that she's there simply to further their views and the views of people of praise. Uh, this particular very small group, by the way, uh, the number is 2.4 billion Christians in the world. Oh, okay. It's enormous. Yes. And half of those are Catholic. Yes. So. And 1,600 right. of them subscribe to this, this particular, particular belief. Group. So this is a tiny, tiny, tiny group in comparison to the large body. Right, which is about okay. to have a completely outsized, just a giant thumb on the scale. Uh-huh. Right. A tiny group of people will have an enormous group of influence, and I yes. think that it's their way of hiding both their doctrine and their ideas. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, we, we will say, and it doesn't come up in this article, mm-hmm. Margaret Atwood got many of her ideas about The Handmaid's Tale and the structure of that society uh-huh. from the people of praise. Wow. So, That's ominous. And I... There are a lot of memes putting her in a handmaid's outfit, outfit mm-hmm. which is blatantly wrong. This woman would be a wife, right? Yes. She is going to say that she believes she shares power with her husband, but of course that's not going to be the case. If she has been on the board of this group and was raised within this group, in, and, and I don't care mm-hmm. what, she do, what she and her husband's power dynamic inside their marriage, if it is consensual, I don't have a problem with Mm-hmm. how they want to live their life. But she's about to sit on a court of eight, of, with eight other people and make decisions on what I can do with my life, and right. that is the issue. And that's, that's an issue with the court system in general, is that yes. you have people with their own views, their own prejudices, enacting those on people who don't share those views or prejudices that aren't a part of that belief group. Right. She uh, has made it clear that she believes life begins at conception. Her children's school has said in its handbook that marriage is between a man and a woman. And her judicial opinions indicate broad support for gun rights and an expanded role for religion in public life. I don't think those two go together. The last two. The last, yes. Another ruling Mm -hmm. that should be brought uh, to attention is she has indicated that she believes that once you have been convicted of a felony, you should 
still retain the right to own a gun, but no longer ever be able to vote, which is a wild... Well, that's a the comparison. So in other words, comparison. the... the um, the right to own a gun outstrips or is weightier than your right to participate in democracy. Right, which right. which leads me sort of directly into, I'm going to scroll down a little bit. Oh, first of all, she went to school, she went to law school at Notre Dame. And Notre Dame's law school is known throughout the country as the premier conservative law school in the country. They their goal when they started their law school was to produce a different kind of lawyer who would explore the, quote, moral and ethical dimensions of the law. Classrooms feature crucifixes, and some professors open class with a prayer. So she went to a school that was inside the bubble that she was already in. Mm -hmm. She has not expanded out, right? She went to a law school, and she, she did very well. I would not take away her academic accomplishments. She's done very well for herself, but she is part of this new conservative Christian legal movement okay. that started about 30 years ago. Further, she plies very closely uh, along with her previous mentor, Antonin Scalia, to originalism, meaning that she reads the Constitution, or she believes the Constitution should be evaluated as the writers now, yes. intended. This is very strange to me because it seems like an extension of fundamentalism mm -hmm. and applying the same rules that some very conservative biblical scholars and clergy will apply to the Bible, yes. where this is a sacred text, yes. which is not... It, they, they put things on it, as we've discussed earlier when we discussed the Bible, they put claims on the Bible that it does not claim for itself. Right. Which is that it's infallible and cannot be changed. Right. Which makes a little mm. bit more sense to me if you believe that the it's Bible is the word of God. Document. Right. Right. Now, the Constitution was written by a bunch of slave-owning white men who right. did not believe that women should have the right to vote, let alone sit on a Supreme Court. So their original intentions are less important than what their aspirations were Yes. In this particular case, particularly when you have Thomas Jefferson. Also, we're talking about 200 plus years in right. the past. So this was a document that was written by people whose original intention was to discriminate and to marginalize other groups of people mm -hmm. and strip them of their rights. Indigenous black people, people black were people. Black people were three-fifths of a person, according to the Constitution. So, it so always, I'm right. going to not hew to originalism just based on that. Right. It's trying to... And that always baffled me because it's not as if the document can't be changed. These people... They made amendments. You know, this, right, off the, right out the mm, gate, they came out with amendments. This is... Uh, it fits into what, when we did our uh, reading from Rebecca Books, right? The history textbook from a school that I, we worked on mm -hmm. together, that we read together. Yes. The notion that somehow the country was divinely inspired and it fits into that train of thought, which is insulting both to divinity and to people who have the presence of mind to understand that we're fallible as human beings. We right. make rules to govern the best that we can. Right. And now that the situation has changed, we can't be uh, exclusively sort of pulling and teasing out threads from these particular mm -hmm. words. We can always change it. We can always add to it. Right. So this is a very, uh, it always appealed to me as a bizarre way of thinking. Yeah, and... And a sacrilegious way of thinking, too. Yes, and as lyrics in Hamilton tell you, uh, the Constitution is a mess, and it's full of contradiction. Right. It directly contradicts itself constantly. Also, what they understood guns to be 
and what guns are today are right. two. They're not even the same. They're not no. even close to the same thing, right? It's the difference between a hot air balloon and an airplane. The the idea that the first document or the first things written in the Constitution are you are right. You have the right to the pursuit of life. Or life, liberty. liberty and the pursuit of happiness, mm-hmm. right? And then originalists tend to take, just forget about that piece of it as they legislate people into these small boxes in which right. they're allowed to to live. Unless it's a real big box if if what you want to do is have a whole ass army, a whole mm-hmm. army at your disposal and a militia's worth of guns. But it's a very small box if you want to make your own health decisions. Right. <laughs> like it's, or marry the person that you love. So it's deeply, deeply problematic to have this woman. And, and, and the fact that as a woman, if I say anything against her, the backlash, a lot of the backlash is instantly, well, you're against a woman sitting on the well, Supreme Court. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Very much the I'm against right. this woman the sitting on the Supreme Court. tactic yeah. of stifling criticism by saying, I have nominated a woman. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean that you're nominating a woman who has women's interests in mind. No, absolutely you not. nominated a woman who has an agenda that she has been working at for quite some mm-hmm. time. And as we read about earlier, for the whole reason why fundamentalists are anti-abortion, was as we, mm-hmm. uh, we discussed uh, such a long time months ago. Months ago, yes. Yes, which was it was done specifically to bring uh, Catholics in to the sort of fold. Right, more. this voting block. Right. Specifically, and, it's a voting breaking. block. And I think that when you look at the, the, t- the tiny group uh, that she comes from, and you're looking at the Catholic Church on the whole, you see there's a progressive wing to the Catholic Church yes. that is a dynamic wing that's They're changing. very much like the FLDS is to the Church of Latter-day Saints. Right. It's a similar vibe. I'm not saying they're polyamorous, right. but much more traditional, much more conservative, and much more dogmatic in, in the way of you don't, they, they're not advocating for freedom of religion. They're right. advocating for freedom to press their religion on us, which the right screams and yells and tears and rends, rends their garments about Sharia law. Mm-hmm. And that is what this woman wants to put in place for all intents and purposes. Yes. It's, it's extraordinarily sim- similar to many tenets of Sharia law with what women are allowed to do with their bodies, with their lives, with and, and the fact that she's being she's been nominated to fill Justice Ginsburg's seat is insulting. It's spitting on her memory, is what it is. And and Trump may not have been he may not think in that kind of nuance, but he certainly will say, "Well, I nominated a woman because he doesn't see right. he doesn't see women as individuals with differences." Well, what, what I think it's safe to say about Trump, and I understand that this, I'm sure, will offend people, but he's adult and yes. he's not particularly bright. No, um, and, and he so is, he's essentially, I feel, like he's being manipulated by other people yeah. 
who have an agenda and they're using him and using his his tactics. They've learned a great deal from him about just bullying people who yes. disagree with you. And he is a bully in public, but such a Coward. fanatic people pleaser. All right. Yes. All you have to do is get him in a room and mm-hmm. tell him what you really want, and he's going to make it happen. Kim Kardashian, whoever Kim Kardashian wants to get out of prison, because he wants them to say right. that he worked with them. Whoever them is, right. he just gives what he just gives up. Whatever, because because nothing matters to him. He doesn't hold anything. Dear. I don't think there's any kind of uh, what I've seen, and this is just judging from his actions, which is the only thing I can judge from. I can't get inside of that muddled brain. Is that he? will do anything to further himself and his popularity. Yes. He has no actual moral core no. that we've ever seen. His popularity and his money. That's yeah. what that's what he cares about. And he ties them to each other. Yes. They, uh, there's a but that's part of the conservative idea. And it started with uh Reagan, really. Yeah. In public speaking, uh personal value is attached to worth. Financial worth. Yes. And if you are poor, if you are homeless, then it's because there you had some moral failing. Yeah. Which would not allow you to move further. And, and your place in society right. is worthless. You are worthless to society. Right. There, there, was, there was a cult, or there is a cult, a persistent cult of celebrating success and exceptionalism. Yeah. And so it doesn't seem to matter to him that people struggle, or it doesn't seem to matter that there are people who start off with terrible disadvantages mm-hmm. so that he can have the advantage that he has. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. And so she, Amy Coney Barrett is going to be confirmed to the Supreme Court. Yes. They're breaking rules to make it happen. Um, We just saw the head of the Judiciary Committee. That's one Lindsey Graham, who is currently up for election. So if you can vote against him, I encourage you to do that. Uh, Broke the rules of quorum to push her vote to the Senate floor. The rules of the, all, the ju- all the committees, but specifically I, I'm talking about the Judiciary Committee, is you have to have two of the members of the minority party in session to conduct business. The Democrats boycotted the last day of the hearings, and Lindsey Graham did not care, did not have a quorum, and still pushed through the vote to the maid the Senate floor. Mm -hmm. So they are, I mean, it was blatant before. Right. There's a reason Mitch McConnell is changing colors before our eyes. (laughs) Like, I believe he is being smited and I don't even believe in that. But they are going to take whatever they can take, especially because they see writing on the wall that they are not going to have the power that they have today in three months. By hook or by crooks, Things are going to change. Some of them are going right. to lose their power. Maybe not all of them, but some of them certainly are. And they are going to take as much as they can from wherever they can, and ultimately from the American people. This, uh, it strikes to me a kind of a, a very personal note, which is how sometimes, uh, in this case, uh, in my case, it was a parent who just seemed to want to continue their way of life for everybody after they were gone. And it's the understanding that when you are sometimes dealing with older people, they do not like the change in the world, even no. though it's a world they never have to face. Right. Yeah, you're yeah. going to be dead my in My time is years. short, yeah. but I want to make sure that my prejudices and my values continue for another generation. Yeah. 
which is only going to help other people who agree with you or your people in your family who seem to see this as the Or people life. who look like you right, if exactly. it's white supremacy it, or... Yeah. It seems to be that way right now. Is yes. that um, what the current administration is doing is trying to ensure a safe place for disenfranchised white voters, for wealthy white voters, for people of color who agree with them, which is a tiny, tiny minority as well. Yes. Um, and also... To and mostly because right. they're being gaslit right. about uh, It's also just... The world. The, but there, there is there's a dynamic to racism that isn't as apparent. And that dynamic is how it affects people generationally. Even people who didn't suffer from racism will still have in them sort of a, a reaction to a racist dynamic. Mm-hmm. I think I shared with you once the story about um, my aunt giving me a, a raincoat and how my mother insisted that if I'm going to take it home to my place, because I wasn't living with her at the time, uh, I have to stuff it in a trash bag and carry it because if people see me with a very nice raincoat, they're going to believe I stole it. Mm. And this is years and years, and years, this is you know a few years ago, but years after that kind of thing was commonplace, at least here in California. Right. But the notion that if you have something nice, they're going to think you stole it, so you're going to get in trouble. Right. With an, so you have a station, you need right. to stay don't in that like station. Don't look like you've risen above it. Don't act like you've risen above it. Don't talk to people the way that you do. And frequently, I got a lot of, and you remember this too, um, when we, the period of time that we worked together, I got reactions for being stuck up or being proud when if it was one of my Caucasian co-workers, there was absolutely no issue yeah. with that job. Well, uh, <laughs> or, or there yeah. was. I had issues with all of y'all. But the thing <laughs> but, is, if I am doing that even because I'm not entitled to be in this space or speaking right, this How way, dare you right. act like you belong here? I had a, a, a co-worker not too long ago ask me why I spoke with an accent. I don't have an accent. I just, she's expecting that a person who looks like me speaks a certain way. Is going to either sound like you came from Mexico, even though you were born literally blocks from where we are sitting in California. Um, Or you're going to have like, like, um, but the African American vernacular English, A-A-D-A-E, I think is, is what is. But yes, that or Spanglish, yes, right. exactly. Something where it would distinguish me because of the way that I look, and somehow I'm not entitled to be able to uh, speak this particular way. And I tried to share with her what code switching was. Yeah. Yeah, you put me in a room full of my friends, I'll sound different than I right. do right now. But the fact that even that has to happen right. in itself is insidious. Yeah. I have to put other people at ease so that they're not frightened of what things are going to come out of my mouth. And so there's a long-term kind of insurance that that kind of dynamic is going to stay in place. Yeah. And I feel what this administration is doing is trying to ensure mm-hmm. safety for people so that they don't feel ill at ease with colored people. Right. Well, and, mm-hmm. and you've got to keep in mind mm-hmm. that the only thing this administration can do is target their base and right. bolster their base. But their base is 30 to 40 percent of the voting populace, which right. is not 30 to 40 percent of the country, right. thank goodness. There needs to be more people in the voting populace, and hopefully that is changing. But uh, And that is not going to get any bigger because yeah. he's targeting based on those demographics, and those demographics are yeah. race, which white people are getting to be a minority in this country. They're already a minority in the world, 
I hate to break it to everyone. Like that, always been a minority. The, the Bible? You know how many white people are in the Bible? None. Zero white people in the Bible. There's a meme that I saw that came through that, and it was literally like, there are no white people in this book. Take as long with that as you need. Right. But I don't know what or when whiteness became centered well, in Western culture. It's very odd how whiteness gets defined because it excludes it's, Poles, it excludes Italians. It excludes, well, it doesn't now. It doesn't now, but originally <laughs> mm-hmm. it was excluding the Irish as this, this group that was on the outside that were practically animals. Some of the palest people you've ever right. met in your life. The Polish, for heaven's sakes. Um, and then it, it slowly started incorporating that when it began to shrink as a number. I think white people would right now mm-hmm. include many Asians right. just for numbers, like just to bolster numbers. It's baffling to me. Yes. And maybe because I don't have a strong link to my, uh, well, my Scottish and Irish heritage. Mm-hmm. That's where my whiteness comes from. So, yeah, 60 years ago, I wasn't really white. Right. Um, or I wouldn't have been white. Um, which so maybe that's why it seems so unimportant, deeply unimportant to me, right. and like just such a ridiculous thing to base anything on, especially value and yes, privilege. Certainly. That seems to be really ridiculous, and it's and and I, I it, and I want to say that I don't uh-huh. look at my whiteness as not important because clearly I have gotten things because of my whiteness. I'm sure I have. Uh, and other people haven't gotten things because they mm-hmm. lacked the whiteness that is perceived in me. Right. Uh, I don't... It's not a guilt I feel about that because there's nothing... I can. I was born with this skin. I can't do anything right. about it. Uh, but to not acknowledge it is... Um, like, a, like a weird self... Like like you're blinding yourself for no reason. Like, yeah, maybe it sucks to know that you got some stuff that you maybe shouldn't have gotten because of the way that you look. That doesn't change the fact that that's what happened. Yes. So, so like the fa- the more we can look at that in the face, the less it's going to happen in the future, and maybe the better you can feel about it. So I just I just don't understand yeah, that. I, it's I, I don't know that there's something that we can change in our lifetime, you and I. And I don't think that we'll see the end of it. Uh, we'll see the diminishing of it in some ways. Yeah, I don't believe that we'll see the end of it. I think that will be... Well, the Trump White House really right. would like us to we'll, not... To extend it. And it's not going to... You can't put off the inevitable forever. I'll, no. I'll make a parallel from the Bible. There's this child who's going to be born, so King Herod kills everyone that age. Yep. It, it didn't work, it yo. It did not work. It didn't work. It's not it going did to kill work. a lot of people. Right. All it made is now <laughs> every time you remember King Herod, you remember him slaughtering children or ordering the slaughter of children. So it's not going to work. You can't change something that's inevitable and that it has to happen. Yeah. And I think that what I hope for is a kinder world where it's all settled together. I don't think that, by and large, I think the racial dynamic against Caucasian people it happens because of the past and that when it's a more settled world, that's not going to happen. I think that people yeah. will be able to respect each other on the basis of who they are. Yeah. Yeah, because the other the the other swing is, well, I don't see color. 
Well, then you're discounting all the experiences yeah. that people have had. Right. That's not when you helpful either. You don't see color. That's fine. You don't see it, but lots of people do. Yeah. And you're not seeing color as a drop in the bucket of all the people who do see it. But but and, it's also literally yeah. discounting. Right. It's also well, you've you never know. experienced racism. Uh, <laughs> right. Hey, guess what? Well, you can never tell that somebody also that. Also fits into the 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 worldview that everything is based on my personal experience. Yes. And what I can interpret. And I, to a certain extent, can do that because I do have to say, when people tell me, for instance, they argue with me that uh, about faith, people who are skeptical or people who are atheists, and I do have friends that are, it's like, well, then you're diminishing, you're just sort of, you are rejecting all the experiences I've had that you hadn't. Right? So to a certain extent, you have to base what your life is around on what you've experienced and what you've seen and mm -hmm. felt and dealt with. And I can't take another person going, that doesn't exist. Oh, okay, I guess it yes. doesn't. Yeah. Just However, because my subjective mm -hmm. experience hasn't, hasn't happened to you right. doesn't make it less real. However, that can go on to a further extent to say, well, only things that exist in my experience are the, are the things worthwhile or worth valuing. Yes. And yeah. that's an exaggeration of that point of view taken out of all proportion, where I'm just going to say, well, obviously since... Um, since I experienced it, you didn't, I'm one of the chosen, and you're not, and therefore I have to educate you on this. By the way, don't have an abortion. I can't speak to what puts people in a place where they need this kind of help. I can't, because I'm a man. No. And I will never be in that position. Right. Um, and even though I'm a man, I still have in some places more rights than you do. Yep. Because I'm a man, and because there will be the need to rescue men by other men. So I still have some some kind of privilege yeah. Uh, that even I have to acknowledge. As strange as it seems, yes, I do. I've gotten all sorts of uh, aggression. Yeah. I've, you know, people have refused to serve me. Police officers like to, for some reason, think I'm suspicious. Um, and You're mentioned. very swarthy. I've had a gun pointed at me for sitting in public where other people were allowed to sit. There's been all sorts of instances where I've seen the kind of residue of the sort of act of racism that we saw a hundred years ago, but it's still going on. Right. And just to sort of deny that it exists and try to further that, I don't know what, who that helps really in the end. It doesn't help anybody. Because what it does is create also a group of people who exist in the hothouse. Groups like the Proud Boys, or as uh, Ugh, should we not call Biden them? mistakenly called them, or maybe did it deliberately, poor boys, Oh, hey. Which I thought was pretty funny. I, I do think that's that funny. I, he might have done it. I'm going to give it to him. Um, but they're really, their anger at the world is believing that I'm entitled to this and this and this, mm -hmm. and I don't have it. And yeah. that also creates that kind of weird bubble of entitlement no, where no matter where I, what kind of scrub I am, I deserve something because yeah. I was sold a bill of goods by an older generation saying, this is yours, yeah. and I don't get to have it. And it's born out of rage and it fosters rage right. which inevitably will lead to violence violence mm -hmm. either against women or against minorities violence or against is, right. women minorities the violence like, is the tool of frustration this is the end result of frustration when people get really angry and they have no power they have the power to knock something over to hit somebody that's all they have when i look at this judge being put in this position it's she's there she's being put here as a representative and this is really a betrayal to other people. It is. Other women in particular. Yeah. Um, to allow this, I'm not sure exactly how to put it, this um, 
to empower men further to carry out this yeah. kind of idea yeah. to another generation. And because she is, what, 40 years old? She's 48. 48, in her 40s, I'm sorry. She's in her 40s. Old. And and She could live a very long time passing she, all kinds of yes, she is, misjudgments. Could, she could be on this court for 50 years, right? which is why we really need to talk about either court packing or right. ending the lifetime appointment. Yes. I think, I think the lifetime things I would appointment. like to see in the next administration. Ending lifetime appointment, uh, court packing certainly is. We need to right. we need to change because the number. Because what of happens them. typically if you if you look at the right. current makeup of the courts, mm-hmm. it, most of the uh, judges because we're now going into a, a, a majority conservative judges right. were were put onto the court by people who did not win the popular vote. Right. That can't stand. No, I, I think that also the notion that that they stay on forever, no matter how far they've gone into senility, is a bad idea. It's too. a bad idea. It's not and, just senility, and we but shouldn't have been. If I am seventy-five or eighty years old, right, I should not be making decisions for people that will last years yes. after I'm gone. Uh, unless you are of a progressive mind, but most right. people by that age are not, right. and just by definition. They're, but also, yeah. we shouldn't. Justice Ginsburg was on the bench through several bouts of cancer. Right. She should have been allowed to walk away. And she wanted to work. It was important to her to work. Mm-hmm. She shouldn't have held on like that, though, knowing that if she, if something happened, right. you know, and people want to blame her. She should have, there was a lunch with Obama mm-hmm. where she could have stepped down and he could have put somebody in her place at that point. Um, they decided together that that was not going to happen. Uh, and and people want to blame, and I actually I don't blame Judge Coney Barrett for accepting this nomination. I don't totally blame her, but there is some you have to know mm-hmm. as a woman who has barely been on a bench at all because you've mostly taught. Like she's right. been sitting on a on a judge's bench for like two years. To me, that's not enough. That's not that's well, not enough experience to then sit on the highest court I'll speak in the country. I'll point of a person who was raised uh, in a fundamentalist background, right? Very much um, the impression I'm getting is that she believes that she's Esther, as we read about. Uh, okay. Uh, Elaborate, please. I am put into a position of power for such a time as this, literally, when the decision about abortion comes along. The decision about who has rights. I believe that like in fundamentalism... Which a, is exactly right, why she the, shouldn't be put this on this is the court. exact opposite of the story of Esther, which is a person put into position to save people, as yeah. we talked about. I think that to her mind she's doing this because she has a construct about life and when it begins. Then I, If that is mm-hmm. true... Then I think less of her even than I did at the beginning I can almost, of this conversation. I'm very certain that that's because what she was. She should know that she is being used as a pawn uh-huh. and that it is inappropriate for anyone to be put on this court at the here two weeks, less right. than two weeks before an election that is extraordinarily contentious and right. is likely to be lost by the person who is placing you. You know better. You know better. She's not a fool. As a matter of fact, we've seen she's a very gifted woman, at least academically. Yes. I can't speak to her personal life. I, what I can yes. say, though, is having 
listen to some of the confirmation hearings, I am very concerned um, for the future of the country if she's making decisions, because it seems as if every single pointed question is rejected. <coughs> There's no answer to it. There is an answer. She's she, just not going to tell you what it is. She evades it. She evades direct questions. She uh, doesn't answer properly. And the um, the conservatives who are going on attacking other people, saying this is about her faith, it's not about her faith because she serves the same faith. Joseph Biden is a practicing Catholic. Practicing Catholic. He went to church today. I guarantee it. Ever. Kamala Harris is a Baptist. Yes. Her husband is a Jew. They, she grew up with uh, both traditional Hindu and Christian symbols in her house. What? Okay, so these are people who are people of faith. Of faith. Um, but, so the And the idea, president right. is deeply not. No, he's not. And so for, um, yes, I, I remember, who was it? Paula White claimed that she led him to Christ and apparently got lost somewhere along the way and, and wound up, you know, in a fish pond. I don't believe that this president has any spiritual core to him whatsoever Absolutely because of the not. way that he speaks. No. Um, I don't believe that he is psychologically capable of I don't that. think so. I, I, I don't know what his belief system is, but it certainly is not Christianity or anything that embraces the faith. So then choosing that over these people who still at the bottom of it have some sort of notion of what honesty is supposed to be, mm-hmm. despite their mistakes. And despite their flaws, they still have an idea of what being a servant is mm. to a person who's never served anyone in his life, ever. Yeah. He's never come from a position to ever serve anybody. Nope. Um, so. As is shown when he literally denied mm-hmm. California's request for uh, federal emergency funds mm-hmm. because of the fires, he denied mm-hmm. them. After, after there was outrage, he turned around and said, okay, because right. he's a people pleaser. But he denied the funds for California because if you didn't vote for him, right, or if you're not going to vote for him in the future, he doesn't care about you. Yeah, he has a really deep and that is mistaken reason idea of how number this one runs. not to vote for somebody. Right, um, that's because next week it's going to be you, and yeah. you're going to be the one left out in the cold. Yeah, because he does not care. Well, that's the way that you work with people. I don't think. And in a second term, when no one's going to vote for him next time. Yeah. Who's he going to be for? Himself and his family. That's it. And his family only is an extension of himself. Not even all of his family. No, I know. Only as an extension of himself. That's what I'm saying. So I have deep problems with her as a person. Uh Uh, I would not take away her academic accomplishments. I'm sure she's a very intelligent woman. She's also a snake Uh who will move this country backwards. She will maybe take away... Uh, gay people's rights to marry. She's against them, and that could be overturned. She will, if given the opportunity, remove the women's rights to an abortion. She will take away the ACA, and she will hand a contested election to the person who put her on the bench. Yes. She will. She will do all of these things if she is not impeded in some way. Well, or we just sort of change it to make up the court. If that's the, uh, that's an impediment. That that's has to that, happen. That, yeah. That's the future that we're looking at. Yeah, we need to change it. You know what makes sense to me? Like 16 years. 16 mm-hmm. years on the court. Oh, you're well, outstripping a presidential term, so you're not beholden to whoever appointed you. And also, it's, it's, a, it's a good amount of time. Mm-hmm. 
but, but it's also, not forever. What I was going to bring up earlier was things I would like to see changed was um, uh, the elimination of the lifetime term, the end of the electoral college, mm -hmm. all these things that have basically yeah. made it possible for people to cheat within rules. Yeah. It's time to change Gerrymandering needs right. to end. I think that we should also make voting, if not obligatory, uh, when you turn 18, you should be registered to vote immediately. Statehood for Puerto Rico. If they want it. Do they well, want but it? the issue at this point is that... Or a completely right. scrubbed... Um, exactly. They're too far in debt, debt. To, to take care of themselves at this point. To um, us, right. we did that. But the fact that they can't vote for a president... No. Yeah. Is ridiculous yeah. as well. They've been exploited by the government. The American if government not statehood, yeah, the, the right then, to vote. Same thing for Washington, D.C. Yeah, that's crazy. But that's a lot of brown and black people that you're yeah. giving voices to and giving senator seat, Senate seats to. Uh, yeah, a rejiggering of the Senate as well. The fact that there are 46 senators mm -hmm. um, in covering most of the main. The, the body of the United States uh -huh. with the same population as California, which gets two senators, is right. a problem. Yes, it is. <sighs> it's a problem. The la land doesn't vote. <laughs> People do. And we need the we need to... They set up the system to favor wealthy landowners. And it and still favors to end. wealthy landowners. And most of us are not wealthy yeah. landowners. And there are people who think that if they make $100,000, they're part of the 1%. Mm. And they vote against their interests because they think they're part of the 1% and they don't even know what the 1% looks like. So, yeah, this country is fundamentally broken because it was built on a broken foundation. And if we don't fix it and get some spackle on it soon... We're going to fall it into the sea. Yes. <laughs> Next up, we're going to say a few words about the president in The More You Know. In a recent radio interview, Donald Trump Jr. made this foolish statement about his father. He literally saved Christianity. There's a war on faith in this country by the other side. I mean, the Democratic Party, the far left, has become the party of the quote-unquote atheist. They want to attack Christianity. They want to close churches. They want to, they're totally fine keeping liquor stores open, but they want to close churches all over the country. Does Donald Trump Jr. speak for Christianity? No. Donald Trump is not the savior of Christianity. Christianity already has a savior, one who does not fail us, does not lie to us, who represents compassion, love, integrity, who practices self sacrifice. Donald Trump Jr. is trying to frighten the credulous into thinking that if his father fails to win a second term, Christianity itself is in peril. This is a lie. If Trump loses the next election, there will be political trouble and social unrest, but the church will not fall. It did not fall under Nero, Domitian, or Valerian. In fact, Christianity conquered Rome. The church survived Tamerlane, the Ottoman Empire. The French Revolution survived communism. The church survived wars and pestilence, survived schism, adapted, grew, outgunned, outmanned, outnumbered, outplanned. This is when they make their stand. This is not triumphalist rhetoric. The church can't stop because its mission isn't done. There are unwed mothers who don't have a refuge. There are children being bullied. There are hungry that need to be fed and homeless that need to be sheltered. There are people being persecuted because of the color of their skin or because of who they love. 
Until these things are resolved, until everyone is equal, the church will have a job to do. It can't afford to fall. That brings us to the end of this week's episode. If you like it, please subscribe and leave us a review and share it with a friend. We have an internet home without workspodcast.com. Our show notes, links to stories we talk about, and transcripts for our episode can be found there. We are also reachable at withoutworkspod at gmail.com, on Twitter at withoutworkspod, and on Facebook at withoutworkspodcast. All that information is on the website as well, so go there and have a look around. I've been Amity, and he's been Lemuel, and we urge you to stay inside and do something good. Everybody's got a little light under the sun.